Turning the Blind Corner, a series of stories about the thoughts and feelings that exist leading up to the moment that ultimately leads to a major life decision or change, specifically related to work and career. I'm your host, Lisa, and today I'm speaking with Jessica. Jessica is our curriculum coordinator. She's in charge of overseeing the resource, marketing, and curriculum teams. Just to put it into perspective, I work on the curriculum team, which makes Jessica my manager. Jessica's position here at GCF Learn Free gives her sort of a bird's eye view of what's going on with the site. Rather than managing the day-to-day direction of specific instructional design choices, those would be the things that get turned into the content you see on our website, she acts as a project manager for GCF Learn Free's programs and initiatives. Thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk with me today, Jessica. Thank you. Um, so you and I have worked with each other for a few years now. We've talked a little bit before, like in casual conversation, about some of the interesting jobs that you've had in the past and sort of how you ended up at GCF. But tell me more about some of those work experiences. Um, which ones stand out the most? Well, uh, I've, I've had jobs that are probably similar to everyone's or a lot of people's uh, job experiences when they're young, worked in retail, worked in food service. Um, I've worked for a news station uh, and I've worked in mostly nonprofits in my life, uh, varying uh, missions, mostly with the arts and education. Um, And then I've also worked in the classroom as a teacher. Interesting. So you've had a good variety yeah, of work experiences. Yeah, it certainly is a variety. I think I could probably always make the argument that each one has a connection to the other or one led to the other. Or, you know, I think that there's some similarities in many of the jobs that I did. Yeah. Do you remember a time in any of those positions feeling like or realizing that what you were doing was not a good fit for you? Like, do you remember a specific job where you where you started feeling that way? When I first graduated from college, I uh, the job that I found myself in was working for a local community college in the library. Just a job to kind of pay the bills and, and pay the rent. Um, but just slowly over time, realizing that I felt like my soul was being sucked dry. <laughs> uh, so it was certainly not an aha moment. It was just being constantly beat down. I had that moment of, it, it felt beneath me. Um, I was a, a college graduate and I was working in a job where, that only required a high school diploma um, because pretty much my job was uh, putting out the periodicals and uh, checking in books. And it just, it, it did not feel like I was obviously using the degree uh, that I had earned and that I had paid so much money for. Uh, so so that was that moment of, you know, this is, oh, what am I doing here kind yeah. of type thing. Um, I can think of another job where uh, later on, I was actually the executive director of a local nonprofit but just because you're an executive director doesn't necessarily mean you get paid very well. And also a lot of nonprofits are very understaffed. Right. And so uh, an evening where I was in a ball gown preparing to go to a local gala representing the nonprofit. And before I left the facility, I had to go into the men's room to mop up urine. <laughs> and that moment of... In a ball gown. In a ball gown. Yeah. And so that moment of, I do not get paid enough 
you know, that moment of this is not fair or where am I? How did I get here? Yeah. That kind of, it did not take me very long to realize that I was probably going to have to move on sooner rather than later. So knowing that you were eventually going to leave, did you have a plan or did you just sort of improvise as you went along? So at this point in my life, I, I knew what I enjoyed. Something I did while I was at the museum was I was in charge of the marketing. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that. And um, it was something that I had enjoyed in previous jobs as well. And uh, so that was my focus was to look for jobs that uh, allowed me to get into marketing um, that I knew that I tended to prefer nonprofits that had been my um work history, but it also came from a place of it's important to me to know that I'm helping people. And so you want to, or I want to, feel like those 40 plus hours I spend every week is going to help as opposed to just putting money in somebody's pocket kind of type of thing. So so that was my, uh, my thought process as far as uh, my exit strategy. So you had an idea of what you wanted to be doing before you found out where you would be going. Yes. And it was it was certainly based on all of my work experience up to this point, continuing to refine, refine, refine what I knew that I liked. Yeah. Reflecting on the experiences you had had, what you enjoyed about those jobs to figure out, you know, in my next position, I definitely want to be doing this. Absolutely. Um, so how did you find GCF and what what was it about this position that attracted you to it? So originally I found the ad specifically uh, on Craigslist. And so I, at that point I was very actively searching. Um, and so I, I came across this particular job ad. I was really excited about it. It was exactly what I was looking for because it was obviously, it was a nonprofit um, that was within education, which obviously, I, you know, my graduate degree is in education. Um, I had been a teacher. Um, so the mission was something that I was interested in or something that appealed to me. And I um, had had difficulty. What was interesting specifically was a lot of the marketing jobs also required, typically there was an aspect of sales and I did not want to do sales. And there was often also an aspect of you had to do your own graphic design. Um, and I, I don't have that particular skill. And so GCF, it was, it was solely just social media online marketing um, for an organization that seemed uh, really awesome, and it was local, so it fit the bill. So there were some similarities between what what you found in this position at GCF and what you'd done before. Yes, because I had obviously I had done marketing for the you know, but this was something that was I was the thing that I was most excited about was that I I was going to be able to exclusively do just marketing and really focus on that. Yeah. So you, it sounds like there, there probably wasn't an inner push and pull, like, should I, shouldn't I? It sounds like you knew pretty much from the beginning that this was going to be a good fit for you. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I, <laughs> unfortunately. And I, I think back to was when I made my, I turned in my notice or whatnot with the, uh, the organization I was leaving, um, they did kind of counter um, with a somewhat increase of a salary, but that increase of a salary was also going to be even more responsibilities. Uh And so it still wasn't even going to be as much as GCF offered, and they were still 
asking me to do even more. And so, and so I told them just that, that I was like, I'm sorry, just this job is paying me more, but I have to do less. Yeah. Kind of of an easy choice. Please understand that this is, (laughs) you have to understand that this is an easy decision. Yeah. And they did. And they were perfectly wonderful and about it and understood that, you know, I needed to do what was best for me. Yeah. So when you took your position here and, and, you know, everything is looking great. It seems like it's, you know, fitting your vision for, you know, what you want to do and kind of checking all those boxes. Were you nervous about getting started? You know, like with all those expectations of like, okay, now I have this awesome opportunity. Now I've got to make the most of it. Was there pressure involved with that? Were you nervous or were you feeling confident out the gate that, that, you know, this this was just going to be right. Everything was going to fall into place. So I will honestly say that I was actually nervous and more nervous than I had been for previous jobs, interestingly. And I can't really explain why I wasn't more nervous with other jobs other than the, just the hubris of being young. And now I was older and had been laid off once and knew yeah. that jobs and employment are not, you know, guaranteed. Yeah, and at that, there's more on the line. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's because I, I was I really wanted this job. I really yeah. liked it. And so yeah. um, you want to fight for the stuff that you, you care more for. As I said, I was I was very excited about the job listing. Um, during the interview, I felt the interview went really well. But even during the interview, I remember actually stating very clearly a couple of times that I was not familiar with the technical side of things. I wanted to make it very, because it seemed like some of the conversation or some of the job listing part seemed to suggest that I might have to do some some, uh, some coding or some kind of, kind yeah. of getting more into the technical aspects of things uh, or even into the graphic design. And I, I feel like I actually repeated it a couple of times in the interview just because I didn't want to uh, get hired under false pretenses. I didn't right. want to get hired and then, you know, have them expect me to be able to do stuff I couldn't do. And, you know, now I've, I've lost a job. And uh, they, they still hired me, <laughs> amazingly. And I've really honestly, and I've, I've, I've told this to my supervisor now several times, the, the first three months, I just really thought that I was going to get found out. <laughs> I really honestly thought that I had somehow oversold myself Mm -hmm. and that I had tricked them into thinking that I was better than I was and they were going to find me out that I was an imposter, I was a fraud, and they were going to, you know, fire me. And three months, six months, however long passed, and I realized, okay, well, um, maybe I do know what I'm talking about or, you know, maybe I'm better than I think I am or, you know, whatever. And I relaxed, but... um, but yes, I was very nervous in the in the beginning, and, and just um, I honestly remember sitting in because this is a tech company. It's an education yeah. company, but it's a, it's a very technical education yes. company. And I came in, I don't, I probably didn't know the difference between a browser and operating system. I mean, it, you know, the internet. Click on the internet yeah, is yeah. what it was. You know, <laughs> click on the e for the internet. Open the Google. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's. I remember sitting in meetings with developers when we first when I first arrived we had just started creating mobile apps I didn't have I didn't even have a smartphone at the time I just had a flip phone I didn't even have I what are what are these apps yeah <laughs> and um and now I'm tasked to market them 
I need to sell someone on something I don't know anything about and yeah. I don't know how to use yeah. and I've never used. And I'm sitting in these meetings and people, I don't understand 75% of the conversation. <laughs> I'm writing furiously all of these words and phrases that I'm hearing. And I would spend the next hour to two hours when I went back to my desk Googling these terms to try to understand what happened in the meeting and to, and to understand what it was I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so that was frightening. So it was a it was a sharp learning curve yeah. in the first few months. But I I managed to fake what I didn't know and just really showed off with the stuff that I did know and, and, and learn a, a lot along the way yeah. until I was on safe, safe ground. Yeah. So you had mentioned going back to when you saw the ad, um, you had mentioned that they had indicated in the ad that, you know, this is a tech based company. They were maybe looking for someone who knew like HTML or, right. or you know, yes. I, can't, I don't yeah. know exactly what yeah. the, but that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. But, but you decided to apply anyways. Yes. So what was going through your head when you applied? How how did you, wh- what was going to be your strategy for overcoming those um, maybe like gaps in expectation that they had? How was I going to handle Yeah. That? What, so what were you thinking bo- before the interview? How, how were you thinking you were going to handle that? So I had, I, I knew enough about some stuff to be dangerous. And so... You know, I'd had I had a personal blog, or I had also managed the the um, the pre- several different uh, previous organizations' websites and and blogs on a very minimal level. Being able to use like Dreamweaver or being able to use WordPress, and so I knew very 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 basic HTML enough to you know make a word bold kind of yeah. type thing, <laughs> you know. And um, so that was what I. I was nervous about because I knew that that was not a strength. I knew some, I had a foundation. And so that was, you know, why I mentioned earlier that throughout the interview, I mentioned and repeated several times, I'm not very technical. You know, please, let's talk about that. And very specifically, how technical will this job get? Or, you know, so that I could make sure that if it was just, being able to know how to make a word bold. Okay, well, I've got that. I can handle that. I didn't know. So going into the interview, knowing, okay, well, this is not my strength. And then just being very honest about it during the interview. Yeah. And getting the interviewer to state very clearly what the expectations of that particular, of the roles that, you know, the tasks for that role, so that I could be able to say, okay, yes, I can do that. Yeah. Or actually, no, I'm, that's not something I'm able to do and just being honest. Yeah. So communicating and getting full disclosure on both sides, Yeah. you know, from an interviewer standpoint saying that, you know, getting really specific, this is what we're expecting the person in this position to do. do. And you saying, I can do these things. Yes. But I don't know these things. Right. Because I know that everyone, and it was certainly something that I did when I was younger was you want the job. So you will be whatever the interviewer needs you to be, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I had gotten to that point in my life where I realized, well, that just gets you in trouble. And maybe you then put yourself in a position you don't even like anyway because you just, you know, exaggerated what you could do. So, you know, it it it's the best it's best for everyone to not waste their time, not waste your time. And to get yourself in a situation where maybe you 
get the job, but then after you're, a few months, it's you're not just working out. Way over your head. Yeah, yeah, and now now you're without a job. Yeah, you know that's not a good position to be in at all. So um, honesty is, you know, even if it means you don't get the job, you know, it's it's better in the long run. Yeah. So so when you got the job, and and you know you were facing that steep learning curve, you know, trying to teach yourself things and looking up definitions and stuff. What was like your biggest challenge mentally while you're stepping into this position that you're not sure if you're going to be able to completely fill every expectation? I think the biggest, all that I can think of, the biggest uh, thought in my head was just to not embarrass myself, <laughs> to, to to go into a meeting and not be a, you know, idiot. To, to if, <laughs> And the, the thing is, is that, Okay, I'm I'm pretty I have a pretty big ego. But <laughs> at the same time, I recognize that uh uh coming across as is knowing more than you know is just going to get you in trouble. So yeah. I'm not interested in that. So I've never been afraid of asking questions and I've never been afraid of saying I don't know. That and, that's awesome. And I've never been afraid of but but honestly, I've I've found that you can work that to your advantage. Yeah. Because if you just make up an answer, then you're going to get found out. Yeah. You lied. That's worse. What you you can say I don't know, but you can say I don't know. Let me do some research and I will find out for you. Yeah. And so that's that is you being okay, I don't know the answer. Nobody knows all the answers. That's okay. But to have that moment of um, but I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to find out the answer for you kind of type thing. So now your employer is thinking, oh, wow, she's a go-getter, you know. Yeah. So you can kind of turn things that way. Asking questions can be very exposing. It lets people know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, but you can ask certain questions certain ways to just get people to give you more information. But... <laughs> it doesn't necessarily expose you to having not known anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like, you know, okay, tell me a little bit more about your plan for that. That's, that's just getting more information. That's not using wrong words and wrong vocabulary. Right, right. And now people realize you have no idea what anybody's been talking about for the last 30 minutes. Um, so those were tactics that I used early on to make it so that I didn't, it was kind of to cover up that I didn't know what I was talking about, to try to gain more information, to gain more confidence and trust. So those were those were my main concerns in those first few months. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who are doing something new, who are feeling insecure, are. I think that's a really common feeling to be afraid to say, I don't know, or being afraid to ask questions. But you felt like by pushing through that anxiety that you were able to use that as an advantage to actually learn more about what you were doing and to sort of fill those gaps. Yeah. And I think, I think it was appreciated. Um, I mean, I'm sure that they knew that I didn't know things, yeah. but there was no, uh, or didn't seem to be any uh, judgment about that. And I, but I did know about other things. And so that was interesting too. In those first few months, again, we're talking to uh, developers who have been working on these mobile apps or, or whatever they may be working on. And then I can come in and at this point, you know, I'm answering support tickets. I'm speaking directly to our learners. I'm very front facing. Okay. And so in the course of conversation, they may say, 
okay, well, this is how we're going to do this. And then, well, no, my experience is that's not how learners would, you're, you're expecting the learner to do this action, but based on my experience and actually speaking directly with the learners, that is not my opinion. And so I still had something to bring to the table uh, because I was, I was having different experiences and I was, I was exposed to the learners and I could bring that uh, to the table. And I think that was appreciated. So sure, I didn't know all the technical stuff, but I had um, other knowledge that they didn't have. And so I was still, I still felt like I had a place at the table. And that also boosted my confidence as well. So not being afraid to ask questions, not being afraid to admit you don't know. And and also having confidence in the skills that you do have and not being able or not being afraid to speak up about those things you think helped you push through those first couple months? Yeah. I mean, as long as I felt like I was still contributing something, you know, and every day, you know, as we mentioned before, you know, I was learning more. I, again, an incredibly steep learning curve. I, I learned, I, I, easily quadrupled my knowledge of things in the first few months and being pro you know I could imagine that some people could have a response of oh I'm in over my head I don't I don't know I don't know these technical terms I'm speaking to developers and I don't understand anything they're saying maybe a response could be to just kind of stick your head in the sand um for you to just kind of get inside your own head um give up or yeah. something, or just wait for the inevitable. Okay, well, I'm going to get fired, so why even try? I was spending, you know, hours researching, researching, trying to teach myself. Trying, to, I was speaking to uh, friends who were in IT and asking yeah. them questions, and you know, and even kind of trying things out with them. Like, is this true? If I said this to a developer, yeah, does this make sense? Is this <laughs> yeah. correct? Is this how you would say it? Are, are those... these words correct together? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did I just, you know, essentially say, hook me up to the interwebs? (laughs) Um, So I was proactive. And so at least, so I felt like I was contributing. I felt like I was active in my success. I was taking steps to be successful. And, you know, at that point, worst case scenario, if they did eventually find me out and, you know, decided that I wasn't a good fit, I had done everything I could do. Yeah. To be successful and to do what I needed to do to be able to maintain employment to keep this job. Um, if if I just, oh, woe is me, I don't, I don't understand anything, I'm in over my head, and then you got fired, well, you know, you had some responsibility in that. Yeah. So when you started the job and then you started feeling more comfortable in your position, um, what surprised you most about that period of transition? I think I can remember in the beginning, you know, those first few meetings with the developers and just being so overwhelmed and a little bit having your heart drop, thinking I, I'm i in over my head. I, I made it very clear that I was not a technical person and they have thrown me into this incredibly technical meeting and I, I, don't, I don't know what to do and I'm never going to learn all of this. I'm never going to understand what they're saying. And then to just a few months later, being in those same meetings with those same people and being able to speak intelligently about these topics that I had no idea even existed (laughs) three months ago 
and and walking out and then you know people saying oh that's a good idea oh we hadn't thought of that you know that that kind of type response where you feel valued you feel like you're contributing and walking out of a meeting thinking yes I'm there I'm there yeah. I've I've arrived I this thing that I thought was impossible this thing that I thought I would never be able to figure out because you know I it's, it's easy for me to just, I was that person. Oh, I'm just not technical. You know, I just don't know uh, computers. I'm just bad at computers. <laughs> um, that was just an easy excuse for me. And, but when I had to, then I, you know, rose to the occasion and, and it felt really good. Yeah. So looking back on, on your work history, from working in a library to working for a news station to um, working for that museum yes. um to then working in a in a tech environment and and especially you know the transition from you know working a full-time job and two part-time jobs and having no benefits do you feel like that transition from those jobs to the position you have now do you feel like that changed you in like a personal way um oh in a personal way hmm uh, yes, I could say that. Yes, I could say that from every work experience, I learned more about myself. So, so yes, all of those jobs taught me who I wanted to be as a person and what was important to me. You know, it's something that we don't think a lot about, perhaps, it, as we've mentioned a couple of times now, that, you know, this these jobs, these are things that you do 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You're spending more time with the people at work than you do with your spouses, with your family, yeah. with your friends. And my gosh, then it should be something you enjoy or, uh, and hopefully that's people at work that yeah. you enjoy being with, or at least, you know, being nearby. Um, but those previous jobs all taught me that those things were important to me. And it was something that I sought uh, as I grew in my career. Yeah. So would you say the change that you experienced would be maybe, um, setting new standards for yourself, setting the bar a little bit higher, you know, understanding your self-worth a little bit, knowing that you do want a position where you can help people, but you also need these things. Right. In order to do that. Yeah. And definitely earlier in my career, it, you know, and I, I think this is, you know, p plenty of young people are guilty of this. You just, you just want a job or you just, you know, your, <laughs> your requirements are, are pretty low. Yeah. And each time they, you you find out a little bit more, and that bar gets gets raised, as you mentioned. And so, and there there is something I think you said self worth, and I think that's a really good um, good word. That it took me a really long time to put a value on myself, on my work. Um, laughingly, I've always said I've never aspired to make money. That's not. I mean, I want to pay the bills. Yeah. Um, but there was this idea that uh, because I was an art history undergrad, uh, that I was an education graduate degree, that, well, clearly I didn't want to make money in life. Um, <laughs> and so it was, but it's like I bought into that. Yeah. It's like I bought into that perception that anyone who has a liberal arts degree, if you went to, if you're involved in education, it's like we uh, bought into this idea that these people shouldn't get yeah. paid, you know. Yeah. Um, and at a certain point, I realized, no, the work I do is good. And I, the work that this organization is doing is, 
is good work. Um, so I am grateful for that, but I have the experience coming from nonprofits that buy much more into that, that other mindset. Yeah. Um, as a person who's familiar with, even though you've stayed within the realm of, you know, nonprofit work, um, you've done a lot of different things. So what would you say to someone who's thinking about making a career change or doing something new or maybe reaching a little higher than they'd reached before? So I think there's a lot to be said for uh, skills that can be uh, generalized or, or like transferable skills. The idea that um, even if, if you're really thinking about going into, a, you're really pivoting into a completely brand new industry, there's always overlap. Like I said earlier, even though I went from the classroom to the newsroom, which, how are those things at all related? Yeah. But, you know, you can, when you really look at those overall skills, almost at any job, it's whether or not, are you a team player? Uh, can you keep yourself organized? Can you set goals for yourself? There are there are skills that are just required of you for being an employee. Yeah, no matter what the job no is. No matter what the job yeah. is. And so pick those out and there's there's going to be similarities no matter what industry you might be pivoting into and you can really sell yourself in that way by being able to really pick out what you've done in previous jobs what previous experience you have and how you can make that relatable to this this new industry yeah so taking a look at your experience and really highlighting those transferable skills and making it clear that regardless of what environment you're in, this is what you can bring to the table. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's um, some really good advice and um, an important thing for someone to focus on who's, who's thinking about making a transition. Well, that, that wraps it up for me. Thanks for joining me today, Jessica. Thank you for having me. If you're considering making a career change, go ahead and take a listen to other episodes in this series, where you'll hear interviews with others who've made the career transition leap. I'm Lisa for GCFLearnFree.org. Thanks for listening.